Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown, 49ers. All right, guys, this is Al Sacco from 49ers Web Zone, and this is a really exciting moment for the website and for us because this is the initial sort of trial run of what's going to end up being our official Web Zone podcast. So I'm really excited to do this. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. We're going to have some great guests. Um, we got some great guests lined up. There's going to be a lot of good 49er talk. And most importantly, i got a great co-host. And I want to introduce, if you guys don't know his name, you should. You should follow him on Twitter if you don't. He's a terrific writer. Um, he's been with our site for a while now. Zane Nakvi. Zane, how excited are you right now about this? Oh, I'm I'm feeling great about this, Al. You know, this is something that WebZone's never really done before. So it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity for us to reach out to um, our our readers and, and subscribers in a, in a totally different way. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yeah, I feel like we have a good rapport with the fans on Twitter, you know, in the website, obviously, but we haven't had an opportunity yet to really you know, have a podcast like this and let the fans listen in. So to be able to do this is great. And, and it's an exciting time right now. I think there's a lot of excitement around Lynch and Shanahan. And they started things off with a bang, haven't they, with the Earl Mitchell signing? I thought it was a terrific move by them. What, what do you think? What are your initial thoughts on that when, when you heard that they signed Mitchell yesterday? You know, the, the, the prevailing thought that I had was, you know, it's just nice to be able to attract some, some free agents. You know, it's nice for, for some guys to want to come here. Um, Earl Mitchell is, is, is fill, fills a huge need for us, you know, um, in terms of having that run stuffing D tackle, um, that's, that's, that's what he is. You're, he's your prototypical run stuffing D tackle. He's athletic. He's big. Um, he's played with D'Amico Ryan before, um, he's mm-hmm. played under Jeff Scanina before. So, you know, there's a continuity there. And I think that that in itself, that in the, um, you know, the fact that he actually wanted to be here in terms of choosing us over Seattle and Denver and Atlanta, who he said he visited with, um, it's huge. So that was actually the most the most striking thing to me was that he actually came to us before going to those those other contending teams. And it's been a while, right? <laughs> you know, since we've heard that. I mean, yeah. it has been like, you know, persona non grata, and, and they've been a joke around the league for the past couple of years. And I, it's tough to really, you know, throw a lot of credit at Lynch right away because we don't listen. We don't know what he is yet. You know, he he really hasn't been there long enough. But when you hear, I was on the conference call today with Mitchell, and, and, and you hear things like him saying, you know, the family environment and, and bringing up Lynch and Shanahan, it's just, it appears like these guys are impressive. And and it makes me You're excited right. for free agency, you know, because all of a sudden yeah, maybe we're, you know, where where players didn't want to come here, maybe they sit in a room with Lynch and Shanahan, and all of a sudden, you know, they do, you know, and, and it, it's really exciting. And, you know, obviously, I, I agree, Mitchell's a big need and he's a good signing. I think he could start for the team. I think that's an option. But obviously, regardless of what players this team adds, they need a quarterback. And, and right now, they really don't have anybody. And, and one of the big stories was Daniel Jeremiah brought up on, a, on a, a radio interview recently that he thought the Niners could maybe strike a deal for Kirk Cousins um, at the Combine. And it's I put a... Um, a poll up on Twitter, and you and I have gone back and forth and, and had a lot of interaction with the fans. I think a trade, like, if, if the Niners were able to trade um, for Cousins and, say, Washington's uh, number one pick, number 17 overall, and they gave away their number two overall, um, and maybe another high-round pick, whether it's this year or next year or second this year or next year, 
I would be all over that personally, but I feel like the fan base is kind of split with that. And I know you had some thoughts on that. So, so was that a trade you would do, or, or, or would you pause a little bit before making a trade like that for Cousins? Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's a slippery slope because we don't want to give up too much. If I'm John Lynch, um, you have to still remember that you need bodies on this team. Um, there's, there's unfortunately so little talent left on the team, and they're all talented players, but comparatively, there's so much, so much talent on other rosters um, that we're kind of starting from behind already. Um, with regard to the, the price tag, I'm more concerned about keeping that second-round pick because it's almost like a late first-round pick. There's going to be a lot of guys that slip out of the first round that will be available in the second round um, that will fill needs. You know, guys like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster out of USC, you know, big-body receiver, great mm-hmm. hands. You know, you can go up and get the ball. Uh, you know, immediately that would fill a need if we were able to, to grab him at the top of the second. That's tremendous value, too. Some people have him go in the middle of the first, and you're not taking that risk that you have with, with Mike Williams necessarily in, in, the, in the top ten. So. To me, I think keeping that second-round pick is paramount because I I don't know about you, but I hopefully I, I don't want to have another two and fourteen year. I don't want to sit through another year like that. So I'm hoping that the 49ers can pull off a better record next year, and I'm more comfortable with trading next year's second-round pick, hoping that it will be in the the middle to back half of the second round. Um, other other people talk about you know J- Jimmy Garoppolo. I've been hearing a lot of a lot of support for him. Um, people reaching out to me over Twitter and and uh, just in general. Um, what do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo? What scares me about Garoppolo is that we haven't seen a lot of him. So he he played he played well in, in the short time that he played with the Pats this year. But I kind of feel like his stats might have been a little bit better than what he actually played. What the way that I look at the quarterback situation is this, and Garoppolo would fall in, into this the same situation I kind of feel comfortable with whoever Kyle Shanahan's going to bring in if he feels now I I may have trepidation with Garoppolo but if Shanahan comes out and says you know what like this is my guy he's a natural thrower I love him come out of college I love him in my system I'm going to buy into it you know um I I feel like he's that kind of coach and he knows quarterbacks that well where whoever he decides to bring in is his long-term solution I'm going to buy into that. Now, like what you were talking about, giving up too much for Cousins, I feel the same way with Garoppolo. You hear a lot that the Pats are going to ask for high-round picks, and we don't know enough about him to really give up a high-round pick is, is kind of what I feel like. Um, I think with Cousins, he's more of a safe bet. And listen, I know he's not perfect. You know, I know that he's got flaws. But I, I think there's this notion that, like, Kirk Cousins is what he is. And I don't necessarily agree with that. The guy's 28 years old. He's only been starting for two years. How can we say he's hit his ceiling? You know, I, I don't know that he has. And especially coming to a coach like Shanahan, who every quarterback he's been with has had a career year. Shaw led the league in, in passing yards when he was with him. He made Brian Hoyer look like a decent quarterback, you know, for a while. RG3 had his one good year with him. Matt Ryan was the MVP with him. So I feel like if you get Cousins in there, he's only 28. He'll be a long-term solution. And yeah, I agree with you. We don't really have the guys around him right now but get get that franchise QB in there and, and then put put the other pieces around him I feel like you have a chance to get him you know you should go out and do that because the other options this year you know if they don't get Garoppolo like you said or Cousins we're probably having a stopgap right so names we're hearing are Schaub um, Hoyer or I'll throw the elephant in the room out Kaepernick what, what are your thoughts on Kaepernick I mean because I know I could go for another hour on Kaepernick but but what do you think do you think he's 
even worth bringing back, or should we just cut the ties with him? You know, he's he's such an he's such an enigma, enigma. and um, I say that because um, you really never know what you're going to get from him. Um, he could be the same Kaepernick that that dominated the league for half that season in, in 2012 and the 2013 playoffs and took us to the Super Bowl, or he could be you know the Kaepernick that threw four picks in the Arizona game in in uh, in uh, 2015, but um, for him, consistency has is and has always been the issue. Um, I've had a chance to speak with some people who have played with him in the past uh, in college, and it's not intelligence is, is not the issue with him. Um, everything anybody's told me about him is that he's off the charts smart when it comes to learning things and when it comes to um, football. I just think his on-field decision making um, it just he, some quarterbacks just don't have it. And, and I just don't feel like he has it. When you have to shrink the playbook and um, really have him read only one half of the field, it, it puts tremendous pressure on your offense. And Jim Harbaugh was great at at um, I said his name. Now everybody's going to be going to be uh, talking about Jim Harbaugh now. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, you know, Jim Jim Harbaugh did did a great job of of putting Cap in an offense that was really uh, tailored to his strengths. And I think that he really hasn't had another coach after that that's been able to do that because his skill set is so unique. Um, he's just as dangerous with his legs as he is with his arm. Unfortunately, I think that um, for a Kyle Shanahan offense, he came out and said that he needs a thrower. He needs a guy that can um, stand in there and show some guts and, and you know push the ball down the field. And uh, unfortunately, Kaepernick, Kaepernick's not that guy. You know, Cap is more, of, not, more yeah. of a run. Yeah, he's, he's more of a run-first quarterback. So, um, if he sees a lane, he'll take off. For that reason, it would be great if if we could find a stopgap. In my opinion, um, I'm I'm not too hot on any any of the quarterbacks this year. I liked I liked Brad Kaya a couple of years ago, but he he really hasn't taken the next step. So there really isn't anything in the draft that you can right away replace um, you know Kaepernick and Gabbard and, and ponder with. But I feel like um, letting Cap go would not only save us the cap room. But it kind of rids us of all this tension that you see and, and um, with all the anthem protest and regardless of what everybody's views are on that, you know, it, it, it's created a buzz around this team, again, depending on your views, positive or negative. But I just feel like there's so much um, extra baggage with him, um, aside from the fact that he doesn't fit the offense, that I think that, you know, that might just be the final nail in the coffin for him for his 49ers career. Um, but I feel like there's also enough teams that are quarterback needy out there that will give him a chance. So I'm not really worried about his career. You know, he's, uh, he's got the, still got the potential to be great. You know, we've seen quarterbacks perform into their mid thirties and late thirties. Um, you know, Tom Brady is turning 40 this year. Um, yeah. that's not to say cap is Tom Brady, but you know, um, it's the longevity is there with quarterbacks that they can stay healthy. So I, yeah, I you, say, you, I say that, Say so you you brought up yeah, a good so point I, I, though, uh, yeah. in terms of Kaepernick and sorry to sorry to talk over you. Um, but I, I wonder if he's going to get another job because what you said about you know he he just doesn't get it on the field and I I I think that's just it. I mean, at what point do we say because he's got all the tools? I don't know if there's been a player that's that I can remember that's been more exciting to watch the quarterback position. I mean, when he's on and he's running around and he's, you know, throwing lasers. He's so exciting to watch. And I feel like he's almost like a coach killer in that regard because you look at his tools. And, look, I don't want to make this whole conversation about Kaepernick, but, you know, obviously he's a hop-on topic. 
um, you look at his tools, and they're off the charts, like you said, but he gets in between the lines, and it's like he can't process the information regardless of how smart he is. And one stat I saw this week that I just thought was interesting was of his last 37 starts, the Niners have scored two touchdowns or less than 27 of them. And look, I understand that there's been issues with the roster, but he struggled as far back as 2013 in the middle of that season. He went nine games where he averaged 154 yards passing. If you look at that season in 2013, Niners were 12-4. and four. They were loaded in 2000. I mean, loaded. And they, they went 5-4 and four in that stretch when Kaepernick just couldn't throw the ball. And there were games, you know, if, if they didn't go 5-4, and four, if they went 7-2 and two in that stretch, they have home field, and, and they're probably in the Super Bowl that year because the NFC Championship game would have been in San Francisco. He just doesn't. I just don't think he's a capable NFL passer. And, yeah, I, I think you've got to move on with him. Um, and, it's, and I know there's a whole lot of fans who still defend him. And I understand he did some good things for this organization. But, listen, at this point, you just you got to move on. I don't think there's way around it. Um, yeah. So, I, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that uh, regardless, and, and this is not an in, uh, indictment on what he's done off the field or his, his political stance or anything. This is strictly just from a football perspective. I just mm-hmm. think that, a, you know, a fresh start is needed for both, for both parties. I feel like he's been through a lot personally. Um, the 49ers have obviously been through a lot. And I and I think that it's it's time to cut the cord and and to to hit reboot on the on the quarterback position because when when you have you touched on this earlier when you talked about um, Shanahan's effect on incoming quarterbacks or incumbent quarterbacks um, when you have a guy who's almost a I call him a quarterback whisperer um, if if you have a guy like that you can take a guy like Kirk Cousins or a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or even a guy like yep. Brian Hoyer and have them step in and and I would think that they'd be able to equal what, what Kaepernick already gives us from a performance standpoint. Um, and I would hope that it's better. So I, I think that at this point, he's become a replaceable part. And unfortunately, the NFL is a league of replaceable parts. So I think um, that's the writing's pretty much on the wall for him. I think that he's going he's gonna to opt out. And um, I look to have the 49ers have their quarterback situation sorted out before the draft. I don't think you're going to see this team going into the draft without a quarterback. Yeah, I think that Lynch and Shanahan really understand the importance of, of a quarterback, which the previous general manager, um, he shall not be named on this podcast right now, um, <laughs> completely, did, you know, he did, he did not understand it, and he ignored the position, and, and it's why they're, they're, they're in this situation right now. And, and, and the last thing I want to say about Kaepernick, and, and then we can move on, is just, yeah, how many times you heard that Lynch reached out to him this week, how many times have we got to reach out to the, to him to repair the relationship? Just it's just time. Just just go. It's time to go. Thank you for the great run in 2012. Thank you for 2013. Thank you for the playoff games you won. Sometimes even marriages that start out great, and in it's just time to end. It's better for both parties to end. So so yeah, definitely agree with that. So. Turning into that, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks and, and we talked about Earl Mitchell and free agencies around the corner. There are so many good defensive free agents. We obviously don't know who's going to get the tag yet, but there look like there are going to be so many good defensive free agents out there right now. And one guy that, for me, the guy I would love for them to sign over everybody is, is Melvin Ingram. I just think beyond his numbers, the guy is just somebody who disrupts the pocket so well. He can be a great pass rusher for this team who desperately needs it. Who's, it, who's the guy that you love as a free agent? Defensive or even offensive that you just you would love to see, you know, you wake up the day of free agency and see the Niners signed. 
you know, I've got my, I've, and I've had my eye on him ever since he was, uh, ever since he was drafted, um, Alshon Jeffrey. And hmm. he has everything that you want out of your prototypical number one receiver. Um, he does have some health issues, but I feel like when put in the right scheme, um, he could just really be a game breaker. Um, he reminds me a lot of um, Brandon Marshall when Brandon Marshall first came in the league. And you know, obviously Brandon Marshall had that you know record-breaking game where he broke uh, T.L.'s record for, for receptions. But, you know, I, I just feel like we need um, a number one receiver, which we haven't had um, arguably since T.L. was here. Yeah, and no, yep. you can make – you know, you can make the argument that that Bolden was was you know the, the the most dependable receiver for three years, and Crabtree was was kind of up there. But you don't have that dominant, you know, I'm going to throw this guy every down sort of receiver. And there are very few of them in the league. And when a guy comes free like that, like you said, he may get the tag. We don't know who's going to get who, who will and won't get the tag. But if he becomes a free agent, that should be the 49ers' top target. And um, the reason why is because. There's there's no receiving depth. I mean, we don't know what uh, Eric Rogers is going to have. We don't know what uh, Ellington has. It's been it's you know he's it's been four years almost, and we still don't know what he has. Patton yeah, has a lot of potential, yeah. but he's yeah he, he's he's always injured. Patton has a lot of a lot of potential, and um, he hasn't really tapped it yet. And Torrey Smith is kind of you know he's he's a great number two. He's a great field stretcher. He's really great at what he does, but I don't think he's ever been you know, cast as the number one receiver in his career uh, up until this point. You know, he he kind of is a really solid number two and a really great number two. But um, just having that guy, that that guy who can go into traffic and, and you know, move the chains and, and run run precise routes and things like that, you know, we, we really have been craving that for a long time um, as an organization. So the, the 49ers definitely need to have that on their team. Um, as far as depth goes, though, what do you feel about the, the linebacker situation? I mean, you talked about Melvin Ingram, but what about middle linebackers? I mean, right now, Bowman's coming off the Achilles tear. Um, you know, we got Hodges and Ray Ray Armstrong um, also in the middle there, and Michael Wilhoyt is is um, also going to compete for for snaps there. But uh, is there anybody out there that you feel like can step in in the middle linebacker role, either through the draft or free agency, that could step in and just, just uh, take that starting spot besides Bowman? Well, you know, they they are scary thin at linebacker. And, you know, last year they had basically special teamers playing linebacker at, at, at one point in the season with all the injuries. I just think, and, and there were some rumblings about it this week, and, and and I really think it's a possibility. If they stay at two, I think Ruben Foster is somebody that they're going to take. Um, you know, they they went out and signed Mitchell today, so you got to think Jonathan Allen maybe wouldn't be a priority so much. Um but Foster, to me, like, listen, this this guy could be, you know, Patrick Willis 2.0. And, and if you can get a player like that, a 10-year starter, a, t- a 10-year perennial pro bowler, I think you go out and get him. And I think if the Niners do stay at two, he, he would be the guy that they would get. And obviously they're going to have to, I, I still think, get more. We don't know what Ray, Ray, Ray Armstrong is. He played a couple decent games, and then he got hurt. We don't know what he is. We don't know if, if, if he's going to be any good. But I, I really think Foster is a guy that that, that they should target. In, in terms of the draft and, and to do that. So it's a position of need for them for sure. And we'll have to see what they do in free agency. How about you? Are there any names that you're, you know, you want to see them go after or get? Um, at, at linebacker and, and, and uh, inside linebacker, uh, Ruben Foster is actually my draft crush. So um, I, I, <laughs> I can totally, why, yeah. I'm totally sold. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm biased on that one. I think that he's, uh, you know, he won the Buckus Award this year, and, and he's, in my opinion, the best defensive player in this draft, not named Miles Garrett. Um, and I think that if we if we go and get him at number two, we stay at number two, and John Lynch decides that this is the guy, um, I'm all for that. It's it's it is a bit of a reach, but you're only reaching about you know five to seven picks as opposed to reaching you know two rounds for a guy like like the 49ers did for for AJ Jenkins. So um, who also after this will not be mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put we'll put him in, in the general manager. Yeah, with them. Yeah. I, I have a feeling um, our, our list will, will grow as time goes on. Our list of unmentionable <laughs> names will, will grow on this podcast. But I feel like uh, uh, Ruben Foster is, is uh, as close as a can't miss prospect as you can get. Um, I, I really did like Jonathan Allen, but Earl Mitchell, uh, this signing kind of puts that to bed. I don't think uh, the 49ers need to double up or, well, I guess triple up on, on D line with uh, Buckner and Armstead in the past two years. Um, I think. If they stay in that spot, the, the the logical pick would be Ruben Foster. It's too early to draft uh, Mike Williams or any wide receiver. There's no quarterback there that's that's worth going number two. Um, Miles Garrett will be gone. I, I think it's too early to draft Derek Barnett. Although uh, Barnett, you know, he's he's put up huge numbers at Tennessee in his in in his career there, but uh, I feel like he's gonna he's gonna probably drop to the middle of the first round. So it has to be Foster. That has to be the guy. Yeah. It's, it's process of elimination and my bias. <laughs> What about the cornerback from Ohio State? Isn't it Claiborne? That's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he might so, be a decent pick up high that uh, that high too. Yeah, I, you know the, the the issue is Al, that uh, the the previous GM um, has blessed us with so many defensive backs. Uh, if there's one thing that he knew, it was defensive backs. So. Uh, there are so many safeties on this roster and so many corners. I'm really high on Richard Robinson. I think he's going to be an absolute star in this league. I agree. Yeah, I agree. All of, he has, the, he, he just has that factor about him. He has the physical skills, he has the ball skills, and he has most importantly the attitude that it takes to be a, a, a number one corner. I feel like you have to have a little bit of swagger. So um, I think that we're we're pretty set. Brock is on the other side, and, and I think the Jimmy Ward will flip to safety now. Um, but I feel like this will be a draft of needs for the 49ers because there are so many holes. And as, as time goes on and, and once Lynch has a couple of drafts under his belt, we'll start seeing the best player available when, when a little bit of depth has been created on the roster. So I, I really feel like it's going to be either um, it's going to be Foster or they're going to trade out. Yeah. What did uh, he who shall not be named? What did, what did he draft? Like seven cornerbacks in, in, in like three years. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous how many cornerbacks yeah. he took. I'll never forget. I, I remember I was in a hotel room and, and I read the um, Will Redmond draft pick and just just wanted to throw my phone against the wall. I'll, I'll never forget it. Just uh, thinking like, what are you doing? And, and then he, he picks Robinson. And Redless and Robinson ended up being a really good pick. But yeah, just the guy. Just, I, I don't know what he was doing. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. Some I, of those picks. But. So yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think maybe uh, we we have to see what some of those guys on the roster have right now. But you know, before we can take another cornerback high, that, that's a good point. I want to ask you too about. So you heard some rumors, and I always like when I hear when you have a new head coach that these guys that he's coached before wanted to come, want to come, want to come play for him again. 
and I, I think, you know, we're, we're looking at these free agent signings, and, and there are a lot of, you know, big-name guys like, like, like Melvin Ingram that you'd love to have, um, Alshon Jaffe that you'd love to have, but, but there's the lower-level guys that kind of round out your team. And you hear guys' names like Patrick DeMarco and Jacob Tammy. What do, you, what do you think about adding some of those old Falcons or some of those old guys that, that Shanahan coached with to the team just, you know, to fill out the role players on the team? You know, I think that the the biggest um, slam dunk or sure thing out of this free agency period is going to be Patrick DeMarco. Uh, I do too. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> I a, think they already have a jersey yeah, he, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, they they should just fit him for his jersey, get him his number right now because he uh, he first of all he did a great job in Atlanta. He was an integral part to their offense, both um, as a blocker and a a pass catcher. Um, and it's interesting uh, as an aside, you see that the involvement of the running backs and the, and the fullback and the, and the Kyle Shanahan offense, it, it kind of harkens back to the days of, of the early to mid nineties, 49ers when Kyle Shan, uh, when Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. And we'll get to that um, in a bit, but um, getting back to, to DeMarco, you know, he, I think that that's, that's one of those uh, underrated signings that will go under the radar uh, for a while until you see him hit the field. And until yep. you see his blocking ability and the way he'll be able to open holes for Carlos Hyde, I really like the idea of having a fullback in front of Carlos Hyde so he doesn't take all of those those huge hits um, and, and so he can stay on the field. So DeMarco is most my most likely free agent signing, and I think that that's going to be the most underrated signing that you see um, this year from the 49ers if it happens. Yeah, I agree with that. And I just can't help but thinking there's, you know, where there's, where there's smoke, there's fire, and, and there's been so many just little things you're hearing out there right now. You know, the Kirk Cousins thing, um, the Niners being aggressive right now. I think they're going to do something big. I don't think anything stupid. You know, I don't think they're going to pay Terrell Pryor $100 million. You know, I don't think they're going to do anything like that. Um, but I really think that they're going to be aggressive and, and make a big move in a lot of smaller moves. I really think that this team, the way that they're set up right now, they just they understand – what they need to do to get relevant again. And, and it's after the last couple of years, it's, it, it, it's just really refreshing. I want to ask you, cause it's not something we've talked about. Like what were your, what were your initial thoughts when you heard Lynch got hired? I mean, were you just floored? It was, it was definitely out of left field. I, I wasn't expecting it. When I first, when this, when this process first started, you heard names like Elliot Wolf and you heard, uh, you know George Payton, and you heard I, you heard uh, even uh, Terry McDonough. You heard all of these um, more well-known names in in the process, and you, you saw those names being thrown in the hat. And and uh, um, the fact that they kind of went off the off the sheet completely and and picked up John Lynch. The initial feeling was this was so Jed York, and just so <laughs> yeah, the Forty yeah, yeah. Niners. <laughs> Uh, let's just pick a guy who's who's never had experience and and let's just give him um let's just give him the job so uh that's unfortunately that precedent has been set in this country but we won't talk about that right now <laughs> we'll save that for another Care, podcast careful, another careful zane careful zane yeah so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll uh we won't we won't uh tread down that road that slippery slope there but um keeping it on lynch you know he i, I loved watching john lynch as a player and um, growing up watching football and, and watching those Tampa Bay Bucks teams, which, which were the Yucks, and they turned into the, to, to the Bucks, they, they earned their name, um, watching those teams turn around and watching him play the game the right way, always 
always a classy guy, always a really knowledgeable guy. Um, I like the fact that they got somebody who is to be respected to um, run that front office. And uh, you didn't really have that with the previous GM. You had a guy who was a reclusive scout. You had a guy who would rather be on the road than talk to his own players. Um, there were whispers that when Frank Gore left, that uh, that particular GM did not uh, even speak to him and did not even talk to him about coming back. You know, Gore, Gore spoke a little bit about that before he went to Indianapolis. But you know, when you're talking about the franchise's leading rusher, in my opinion, the best running back that, that we have ever had on the 49ers, mm-hmm. um, you have to add the courtesy at least, you know, say, hey, what's up? How's it going? Like, what are, what are your plans? So I feel like there's not that, that ego there. There's Lynch is much more of a people person. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, honestly, um, he is the anti-Trent Baalke. Um, I said his name. Uh, he is the anti uh, <laughs> everything that, that Trent Baalke was, John Lynch is not. And I think that that's the biggest thing is that when they say they're making a cultural change, they're literally starting at the very top. And people say, you know, they want Jed York fired and all, all this, that, and the other. But unfortunately, Jed York is, is he's the CEO of the team. His parents are not going to fire him. He will stay with the team. So anything that is below him is what, you know, really is, is controllable to an extent. And they started, they started it with the right, I feel like they started at the right place. They, they made the right hire. It remains to be seen if it's the right hire, but I feel like, Time will prove that, you know, John Lynch was the right hire. Um, you talk about Matt Millen and, and the comparisons to him. And with all due respect to Matt Millen, I mean, uh, John Lynch is, is like the intelligence factor. He's a Stanford graduate, you know. He's, <laughs> yeah. it's, you're comparing apples and oranges here. He's, he's a very intelligent, articulate person. So me personally, I'm fired up about it. I'm excited about it. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, and I, was, I remember when I read it, just sat there with my mouth open for probably like a minute, like, 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 what? Where did that even come from? And then you start to do research because, listen, we don't know. You know, most people don't know. But you start to do research and, and listen to the people who are around the NFL and know Lynch, and everybody was kind of like, oh, you know what? You know, Lynch is an impressive guy. And then you start to see what he did, and, you know, he hires Peters from Denver, and he's putting these good people around him. So he's he's almost like this, like, sort of face of the organization who's now all of a sudden and yeah, it does do a lot of PR things, you know, a lot of the salesman type thing. And he's putting these smart people around him and you start to think, wow, this guy's on to something. And obviously, you know, I, I love Shanahan as a head coach and Lynch was a big fan of his too. And all of a sudden, you know, Jed York's made some pretty good moves here. And this was an outside the box move that if it works, and I think it's going to, is really going to change the perception of, of York. Now we have to see if York is going to be patient and I think that he will. But my whole thing with, with him is I, I, think, I think he means well. I really do. In the Harbaugh stuff, yeah, Harbaugh was a great coach, and I loved having Harbaugh as a coach, but, but maybe it got toxic. Nobody knows what happened behind the scenes. Maybe it was really bad. I mean, obviously, whatever was going on leaked out onto the field in 2014 because the season went in the tank when that stuff started to happen. So I, I almost don't, I don't want to say I don't blame him, but okay, if it was really bad, you part ways with Harbaugh. It's not that he parted ways with Harbaugh to me. It was the way, it was what he did after he parted ways with Harbaugh. So if he had done that and brought in Adam Gase and, and really had a good plan after that, I would say like, all right, you know what? Like maybe, maybe the relationship was irreparable. He made a good hire, but he didn't. He made these, the Tom Sula, which was just a train wreck. And then when he should have just, just started for fresh, he keeps 
he was chilling. I'm not going to say his name. He keeps that GM, and um, he hires Chip Kelly. So now you have this coach in his first year with the GM who's on his way out the door, and you, nobody, you knew that wasn't going to work. So I feel like he finally got it right this time, and and I really think that his his heart's in in, in the right place, even if his head is kind of, you know, doesn't always go down the right path. But listen, it's an exciting time to be a Niners fan again. I I, I think so. You know, um, we'll see where it all goes, but it's exciting. It's almost exciting as this podcast yeah. we got going on right now. You know? Yeah, this is this is great, isn't it? This is the chance for us to uh, reach out to uh, our readers and and. 49ers fans and anybody else who wants to to take a listen into what's going on with 49ers news um, and then give them a little bit of a different uh, medium for communicating our, our information and our opinions and anything like that. And, um, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to doing more of these with you. And, and I got to tell the listeners out there, we got, you know, we, we've got some good plans with, uh, with this coming up and we've got some guests that we, uh, we have, yeah. that we want to bring in and some people with, with good knowledge and, I think uh, everybody's, everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised. And I encourage everybody to leave feedback when you hear this. Um, you know, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you feel like we can add. You know, that makes uh, us better for you. So please do let us know anything that we yeah, can def- do to, uh, to make this better. Definitely. And, and like Zane said, you know, we, we you had to listen to the two of us talk for about a half hour today. But we're, we're going to have some guests on here and we're going to have some good ones and and, and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and definitely let us know. We want to hear from you guys. So let us know how we did today. Let us know what we can improve on. You know, we're still we're still feeling this thing out, and but we're hoping to be around for a long time. So as always, you know, please go to 49erswebzone.com for all your 49ers news. You can follow me at lsacco 49 Zane, if you want to throw out your Twitter handle. Yeah, so mine's uh, Zane49er. is pretty simple. Hit me up. Follow me. I'll hit you up with a follow back um, and, and we'll talk some football. Yeah, definitely. So we're looking forward to it, everybody, and we will talk to everybody soon.